There are two things in the gospel today that are so uh, absolutely central, uh, essential, foundational in our faith that we could probably never reflect on them enough. There, there's always more truth to mine out of it. There's more beauty to pull out of it. There, there's a greater sense of just how good God is in his plan unfolding this way. And so I wanna look at both of those with you. The first, and both of these you know very well, the, the first is the greeting that the angel shares with Mary. Hail, full of grace. And it's really beautiful that, that the angel speaks those words, uh, really using it as her name, that when God the Father looks upon Mary, in his heart, that the name he has for her is full of grace. So it's, it's the deepest truth of who she is. It's her, it's her deepest identity, full of grace. And in that, and we've talked about this, but it's always good to go back and, and to be reminded of it. We, we've talked about this in the past, that in the original Greek, as St. Luke is inspired to put this down into writing, and probably he, he knows this, because our Blessed Mother shared it with him at some point in, in opening up her heart and letting St. Luke, uh, in an inspired way, capture it all. But when the angel says, hail full of grace, remember, in the Greek, like there's lots of ways, as in English, to, to express a verb. There's lots of different tenses and, and forms the verb can take. In the Greek here, it, it's in the perfect tense meaning that when we speak about Mary as full of grace, what, what it means is uh, a work that's been done perfectly and completely and is ongoing. That's the, the, the tense of the verb there. It, it's, there's a, there's a, a, a certain uh, definite state to it. She is absolutely full of grace. And the reason that that's so important, and I, for, I've got the, the children's, the, the school mask coming up next, so forgive me for just, for being just, I, just, maybe this is more for the kids, that's probably more for me, but, so this is what we're talking about. We're talking about absolutely, 100% full of grace. Now, the reason this is so important, that this is, how the father sees his beloved daughter, Mary. The reason this is so important is because the early church understood, wow, in Luke's gospel, when it says she's full of grace, the word there, it, it means there's, there's no room left for anything else. It's not just 99% grace. It's not filled with grace now, but maybe that's gonna back off. It's it's a permanent state, a perfect state of grace. But the early church said, we understand that by that, it means there's no stain of sin in her. And so that simple greeting carries so much weight with it. Full of grace, meaning God made her in such a way that the stain of, of original sin that we heard about in the first reading today it doesn't mark the heart of our blessed mother. So this is the huge takeaway. So this is the event we celebrate today, is Mary's immaculate conception, 
right? You don't be among those who say, oh, uh, the gospel must be the, the feast that we must be celebrating Jesus' conception today. No, that, that's March 25th, nine months before Christmas. December 8th is nine months before September 8th, the, the feast of the birth of Mary. So this is all about Our Lady's conception. So this is the event. And the Lord does this with an eye toward the plan that he will place before her. In the Old Testament, again, we've talked about this, but I just don't think there's, we can always go back and the beauty of it is always fresh and new. In the Old Testament, remember when, when the Lord told Moses, I want you to build an ark, and in the, in the ark, you're gonna place the tablets of the law, and you're gonna place the, the priestly rod of Aaron, you're gonna, you're gonna place these different things that are all signs of my being with you, and in fact, you're gonna build the ark and my glory is gonna dwell in that ark of the covenant. Do you remember in, in the book of Exodus, the Lord gave Moses very specific instructions about how the ark was to be fashioned and he told Moses, use the best of the gold that you have. Use the finest wood that you have. This is gonna be my dwelling and I, I want you to make it beautiful and worthy of me. This is why the Lord fashions our Blessed Mother the way that he does. But here's the other half of it, which is the, the beautiful mystery. He fashions her full of grace without sin in light of his desire that she would be the mother of his son, our Savior. But at the same moment, this grace does not override Mary's free will. She's filled with grace, and yet she's totally free. She's not forced to just accept God's plan. So the second part of this passage is Mary saying, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word, your plan. So, Here's the second thing that we need to keep in mind for today. So this is God's work, and then here's Mary's. She just gives the most generous, complete, full yes back to God that could be given. This is her response, and it's genuinely from her heart. God doesn't override her. He, he fashioned her in such a way that she would be a fitting home and dwelling place for his son. But he doesn't make that happen. He waits for her response. And what's so beautiful is Mary says, may it be done unto me according to your word, your plan. The 100% of Mary's yes comes from, I'm not gonna say, I love 75% of what you said, but here's, here's what I want for the other 25%. It's just a complete, total yes to God's plan. And this is why we honor our Blessed Mother. We rightly honor her because she was in, a, in the same place that Eve was in, in the garden. Not forced to say yes, but with a very real choice. But where Eve had said no to God, Mary says yes. So that's why we honor her. And, and we, we love her because we, we know the struggle of saying yes to God. And we can look back and say, wow, Eve had no sin. She was in the garden, everything was perfect, 
But she said no, as did Adam. And here's our blessed mother. And she says yes. And, and we love that about her. So these, these are the two great mysteries that are present in this gospel, in the Annunciation. And the beautiful thing is that it, it falls during Advent when we can say, Father, as we're looking forward to Christmas, how awesome your plan is that, that you were unfolding a design that would allow for the most beautiful home for your son to dwell in, but how great it is that, that Mary, with her own human will, her own free will, said yes to you. So we're looking ahead at Christmas and we're saying, Lord, thank you for loving us so much that you would fashion such an incredible plan. You must love us tremendously that you would invest so much care into the plan. And thank you for showing us that you've designed our human hearts in a way that can respond to you. Thank you for, for not just kind of bulldozing over us with a plan, but for loving us so much that you, you want us to give a, a free loving yes back to you. And so we marvel at his love for us and we pray, Lord, help us to say yes to you as we're moving toward Christmas the way that our Blessed Mother did. It's, it's a, 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 a simple way of drawing out these two huge elements from the gospel, but let's, let's make that our prayer today as we, we honor this great work of God and honor Mary's response to the gift of God's grace.